My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. Welcome, friend. Do you find yourself with an empty nest and a faded vision? Then you're in the right place. God still has a calling and mission for us in the second half of our lives. Because you know what? We're not done yet. So join me, Susan Macias, author, speaker, and empty nest mom, and let's explore how our family, our church, and our world needs us. Hey friend, guess what? It's 2021. Okay, I bet you already knew that, but can you believe it? I can't. In the last episode, I asked the question, what if 2021 isn't any better than 2020? But no matter what happens this year, we need an action plan. Where are we called in such days, the days that we find ourselves in? I'm kicking off the new year with the calling that I think matters more than any other in our lives. Before I get specific, I want to make one thing clear. I think every believer is called. I didn't used to think this. I thought only like special people were called. They were called to full-time ministry, as a missionary, as an evangelist. It meant that they were special, and apparently I wasn't special. I don't think this anymore. I think we all have callings, and we have more than one. There are places that God is, is using us to take His Word, His truth, into the world. I've been called to many areas of ministry in my life. My main ministry for my adult life has been my family. Focusing on home and children was a calling. That meant it was hard. It was spiritual work. It had eternal consequences. And because of that, when I didn't want to do it anymore, and let's be clear, there were times I didn't want to do it anymore. I had to remember, I'm called to this important work. And this work is therefore holy. And it's not optional. Now I find myself in the second half of life or my third third or my fourth quarter or however you want to work the numbers, no matter how many numerical years I have left because I have come to that end of of intentional parenting in that way, I feel like I'm in the second half of my adult life and I'm no longer called to my home ministry in exactly the same way. I'm still called to my family and to ministering to my husband and my children, but there is more space and more places that I can serve now. So now let me go back to the place that I think every believer is called. And this is where I was called during my family ministry season, and it's a call that remains. That's the call to prayer. If you believe in Jesus, you're called to this too. And if you wonder where I get that from, I can't give you an exact verse that says prayer is a calling, but I can show you where we have been commanded to pray repeatedly. In the ESV, I can find pray prayer, praying, prayed, or prayers. So all the versions of pray. In the Old Testament, 162 times. 
in the New Testament 151 times. I know this because I counted that. I have not yet counted words like ask, cry out, supplication, plead, give thanks. All of those are prayer words too. Many of the Psalms are entire songs of prayer. Prayer permeates scripture. Does it permeate our lives too? Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13 says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Are you worried that you have to earn a hearing? You have to do a certain thing before you'll be worthy to be heard in prayer? You feel like you need to get your act together? That is not what this scripture says. It just says to seek him. God calls us to seek him. And then let's go a step further. In Psalm 102, I'm going to read verse 1 and verse 17. But listen to verse 1. A prayer of one afflicted. When he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord, hear my prayer, O Lord, let my cry come to you. That is all in verse 1. Don't you love that? Listen to this. It's an afflicted person. So if you feel afflicted, there you go. Psalm 102 is for you. How is he feeling right now? Faint? He's complaining. He's pouring out his complaint. Do you ever think of prayer like that? We can pour out our complaint to God. We, he asked God, please hear, please hear me. Let my cry come to you. And then listen to verse 17. God regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Are you afraid because you're complaining God's going to despise your prayer? In the same chapter where it says, the prayer was a complaint. It says, God does not despise that. Psalm sixty-six, nineteen says, truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Jesus gives us this exhortation in Matthew 5, 43 through 44. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Very clearly, not only are we supposed to love our enemies, we're supposed to actively pray for our enemies. How do we do that? Jesus goes on a few scriptures later to tell us in Matthew 6, 6 through 7. And when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. There's so much beauty in this. It isn't specific words that we have to say. It isn't that we have to make a show of it. It doesn't say you have to kneel down and clasp your hands and bow your head. None of those things are bad, but that is not an instruction that Jesus gives us to do in order to be heard. We need to get away with God and we need to just talk to him. That is prayer. Luke 18, 1, Luke tells us that Jesus told them, his disciples, a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Isn't that great? There's a parable that just says, hey, keep knocking on the door Keep crying out because you're supposed to always keep praying. Don't ever lose heart in your praying. You want some more evidence? These commands are to everybody, not just to a few. We are all called to pray. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, 
Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The reason that I don't only use verse 17 that says pray without ceasing, I mean, that's, you know, pretty clear, but eight, but 16 says rejoice always. That's also a form of prayer. And 18 says give thanks in all circumstances. Once again, another form of prayer. All three of these things are to be done always without ceasing in all circumstances. That's God's will. In Romans 12, 12, we're told to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Constant. Okay, so now I'm going to shift just a little bit. As women in the second half of life, our prayer lists are long. If we're still married, we're praying for our husbands. If our parents are still alive, we're praying for them. We have our children. We might have grandchildren. We are the ham in the sandwich of multiple needs. And if you're like me, it's not just my immediate family that I see that needs my prayer. My church needs prayer. Our world seems to have tilted off its axis. And I know that the Lord is still on his throne, but the evil and falsehood of man seems to be gaining ground every day. Honestly, it's discouraging. When I feel powerless and hopeless, I recall this instruction. Ephesians 6, 18 says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. I mean, it's like, it's the scriptures like saying, I don't care what your excuse is or your category that you think you should leave out. None of it matters. All the praying, all the time for all the things and all the people with all perseverance. That's what it is. It's a command. We're supposed to be praying at all times. But when is this command given? This is the action after we're told to put on all the armor. Ephesians 6.10 starts naming the armor and instructs us to put each piece on. And the only action besides suiting up in that, that section from 10 to 17 is to stand. Then in verse 18, we're given the battle plan praying at all times. It's why we get ready for the battle because our action, our battle is to pray. If you don't yet know what your second half calling is, don't worry. Jesus won't leave you confused. He will direct you to his work for you. But I guarantee you that part of it is to pray at all times, unceasingly. We need to be talking to him about everything. That's exactly what prayer is. And it is hard work. Colossians 4.12 tells the Colossians that Epaphras is struggling on their behalf in his prayers. He's laboring. That is what prayer is. The more I've studied prayer, the more I've seen how vital and active and constant it is. That's why I wrote Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power. I learned in the trenches of parenthood that I could either worry in all of its ugly forms or I could pray, but I couldn't do both at the same time. If you're wondering, how do I get started with praying? I invite you to buy my book and dive into the adventure. It is simply a a battle plan on how to move forward with prayer. It has tons of scriptural support. I include application verses with each chapter. It's available on Amazon and I'll put in a link in the show notes. 
Also, you can head over to my website, susankmacias.com. I have a new gift for signing up for my email list. It's titled, Five Prayers for My Adult Kids. Sign up, you'll receive an email that will give you access to this short ebook. It's only about eight pages long, but it's chock full of scripture to pray on five specific subjects that are particular to our adult kids. And come back next week. All of January will be a concentration on our call to prayer. Don't worry about praying correctly. You don't have to do it right. Just talk to Jesus. That's what prayer is. So pray. Pray some more. Keep praying. Thanks for joining me today. Check out my website, susankmacias.com, to find more encouragement and to be empowered toward taking your next step. Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Susan K. Macias. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on. Subscribe and share it with a friend who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet. 